Hello, and uh, welcome to episode 98 of There's Still Time, the very depressed AFTN podcast. I'm your sad host, Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. Who's more upbeat than me, because no, <laughs> I'm pissed off by that result no, today. No, I'm, I'm not upbeat, but I'm just, I didn't expect you to open up the show like that, so that's why I'm a little, <laughs> caught me off guard, so I thought I'd do a little bit more upbeat. Yeah, it's... It's, our, it's a tough loss, for sure. It's so, our Vancouver TFC post-game, folks, uh, in case you're be not sure. you got to see that coming. Yeah, it's... Ah, I, I talk about seeing that coming. I never saw that result coming. I went into this game... 100% confident, which for me, after my pessimistic last couple of seasons, is unheard of. Yeah. I didn't think the Whitecaps were going to lose that. And for that first half... No, it's it didn't like, look like it at all. But once again, something from last season came back to haunt them. The turf and monster. The, yeah. <laughs> the Rivera's goal. The, oh yeah, we'll, we'll come to all those fun facts and moments. But no, the, once again, Vancouver's inability to convert the numerous chances that they created came back to cost them really dear. Yeah, they didn't have that, uh, however you want to call it, throat-stepping goal, the one that just takes the team, other team out of it completely. Even before they scored the goal, there were times, too, where they carried, the first half, 30 minutes, well, the first half they carried the play, essentially. Uh, the TFC only had two chances, one was wide, uh, by Giovinco in the first 20 minutes or so, and then they got the goal. But other than that, it was all Vancouver, and they were just dominating the oh, the balls over the top, you know, Creval and Caldwell. None of them could handle the speed coming on down that left side from Manny and um, Rivero. Manny was phenomenal in that first half. I mean, yeah. if, if you ever want to talk about a Jekyll and Hyde performance, yeah. Kakuta Manny. Oh, what it, it, the hell happened to him at halftime? Because well, he was a different guy I'm in that second half. I'm going to name a second player, and that's Pedro Morales. He as well went disappearing. He has actually started the first half. I, after, I think he was after, off a lot of the game. I mean, No, yeah, no but he, there were there were moments at the beginning of the game, the first 20 minutes or so. Well, he sprayed some beautiful balls yes. about. And I, I, love, I love seeing then, balls sprayed. But then after getting... Remember that one kick he got in the back of the shin by Bradley? Where yeah. Bradley, a lot of people thought Bradley might get the yellow, should get a yellow card for that. After that, that's when his play dipped big time, and he was he was bumping around a couple more times after that. Got an elbow in the head, and he as soon as you um, get a little bit of physical, get a little physical on him, I think he starts to disappear and fade away in the games. I mean, some we of his, saw it against Dallas, but some Dallas of his delivery was, was great, but yeah. in the box, yeah, he was his dreadful. shots, his finishing, it was terrible. It's, he, it's not what you expect from a, a guy that led the team in goals and assists, and that's so much is expected from this season. Yeah. And we know he can't perform at that level every single game, but first game of the season, you it was, expect it was a lot surprise, more. yeah. Um, but, but, but you were talking about Manny. Yeah. Manny, first of all. Well, if, let, let's come back to the individuals. Let, let's quickly pick... At the carcass that is Vancouver Whitecaps' first home opener defeat since 2002. Eighth minute, Rivero. ball comes across, Octavio Rivero, open goal, four yards out. Brilliant great pass cross. by Manny. Oh, yeah. I mean, great, great cross in. And, yeah, he, he'd like that back. R- Robbo said afterwards that he, he thinks he felt that he was offside, so oh, he maybe okay. took so his he, eye off the ball. He was surprised he was so open, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd like to blame the turf, but yeah. that that was a horrendous miss. Yeah, he got he, he got it got caught in the, his feet basically, 
But what I will say is, like, I take my hat off to him. My hat's off at the moment, but wait a minute. I've got to put my hat on. Hat is on. I've taken my hat off to him now. Actually, physically did that, even though no one's watching me, but yeah. there we go. Um, but tip of my hat to him for bouncing back the way that he did, because that could really have played on his mind. Yeah. And the joy in his face when he scored, it was, it was great to see. Yeah. But it looked to, to all purposes that it was going to have been between the 18th and the 19th minute, a game-changing minute there. Because, because Javinko, that's, that's when yeah, he missed the shot. Javinko, nice footwork, inches by Ousted's yeah. left-hand post. And then Whitecaps go up the field with a phenomenal delivered ball from Carr. Carr you don't expect people, that yeah. from, from your, your big yeah. beast of a centre-back. Great control from Rivero. It looked like he had maybe knocked it a little bit too far ahead of him. And that's where we thought that I, I, I was mentioned to you at the time. I thought Bendik, that's where I thought he would charge more because he saw that big touch. Yeah, and but... He, he, still, he stayed in his spot. But d- we were talking to Davy Norman at halftime and, and he had said, no, that was a perfect control from, from oh, Rivero. It? it looked big, though. Maybe we're used to Maddox doing that well, so much. The, the reason he thought it was perfect control was it put it just far enough ahead of him okay. that Bendik couldn't commit oh. because if he came too much, he'd get chipped. So he, he was kind of caught in no man's land. That's why and he was basically yeah, cemented to the floor. A, a great finish. and one now up to the Whitecaps and the way that they were playing and dominating and destroying that back line of, of Toronto, who had no shape at all. Yeah. And they were playing a really high line I mean, it looked, I said to you, oh, this is going to be three or four. Yeah. But, oh, how the cocky fall. Yeah, the, they made some great adjustments. I'm not, um, you'll hear the audio later from Greg Vanny. He talked about the adjustments he made. But they made some great adjustments. Uh, uh, Vancouver had a little bit of a showing in the first five minutes. But then after that, it was all TFC. Well, and I, it's like, I, I have, I've got to give credit to TFC. And then this sticks in my craw, as we say in Scotland. It's like... Giving TFC credit for anything pains me greatly. They did well to control the Whitecaps in that first half. Yeah. And it allowed them a chance to get in at the second half level. And like, well, we'll, we'll talk about their goal quickly. Out of door, ties things up from nowhere. But okay. again, Javinko, great footwork to slip him through. Yeah, was- and for a big man, it's like he showed a nice little deft touch and rounded Eistead, buried it. Yeah, and it was started off from Osario, who was really... Yeah, kind of invisible for most of the game, but he showed up there. He basically escaped the tackle, got a Giovinco who escaped the tackle, um, and then slipped it right to Altador. Altador took, uh, and uh, I think David uh, um, David also thought he was going to take a quick shot right away, but he quick uh, took a touch around him and then slipped it right in the inside of the post. It was just inches from hitting the post, basically. It yeah, was a perfect he, shot. He did well. I, as you said, those missed tackles from the Whitecaps, that's something that folk have been concerned is going to be a case because yeah. it's kind of some slow defenders back there. Slow defenders, I, but a lot say, of overly aggressive Shure, too sometimes. Betashure in the second half in particular, I yeah. thought was really poor with, yeah. with some of his tackles. But it got to enter back in the game. They withstood the onslaught towards the end of the first half and then they, they got into the break at, at 1-0. Yeah, and then the second half, you know, they, like we said, the first five minutes, white caps, rest of it, TFC, and they did... It was around the hour mark when they converted. Yeah, 59th minute, great move. Betashure left standing by Morrow. Great cross in the middle. Finley unmarked to blast well, into the roof of the net. Well, Harvey was supposedly marking him, but he wasn't, I think I think he wasn't physical enough with him. And he should have fought more to get uh, in a good position. Uh, Waston was there. 
Um, I, I'd like to see the replay. We have, we're recording this right after, so we haven't had a chance to see the replay. But I'm wondering where Ka was at the time. Um, it, it seemed like it just a, he got caught up the field or something like that. It seemed to, in essentially, there was nobody inside of Finley when the when the when the cross came in, so it was an easy tap in almost. And from a TFC perspective. When you've got guys like Robbie Finlay contributing goals, yeah. it shows you that they've got a lot more depth, and it's a it's a good sign for them for the season ahead. For sure, because not especially just in the be, starting eleven, they yeah. have left up. But I, uh, one thing we'll I'll mention: I was checking out their bench. If they get a few injuries here and there, they're yeah. they're they're going to be right where they are. So it'd be interesting to see how how deep the you know how the depth players can start contributing to the team. But then. After that goal, the Whitecaps still didn't really push anything forward. And no, I mean, Ro- Robo said they were void of ideas. Yeah, and it's like they were. They they had no spark. They were flat. Whatever they had in the first half, it was like a polar opposite in the second. Yeah, I I don't actually think they had one decent chance for that second half. And, and the Tiber th- had one that curled what just wide, but there was nothing. Yeah, the the one the. The one substitution that I really questioned was Tybert coming off for Kofi. I know. No, I, 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 I actually just did, don't mind that. No, but because I, obviously you know I don't like yeah, Canadian okay, players. Seriously, but <laughs> <laughs> but Kofi really didn't provide much. No, and, and but Tybert was at least attacking, and it felt like uh, but, TFC got more of the midfield yeah, once Kofi came on. But was, I think what they uh, like for me and Robo didn't actually. No one asked him this yeah. uh, in the the post game thing. But for me, the reason that I think he brought him on was Kofi is more of an attacking presence than Tiber is. But he I mean, didn't provide anything. No, but in, in theory, Kofi is. Yeah. But also, he's more aggressive and more physical. And you saw it. He put himself about early, committed a couple of fouls, amazingly didn't get booked. That's what the Whitecaps should have been doing early. I, I, we were chatting at halftime, and one of the things I said is, what the Whitecaps need to do in this second half is someone has to come out, take the booking and like going hard on Javinko right at the start of the second half and just take him out of the game. No one did that, and I think Kofi was brought on for that. Oh, and Steve has just pointed out that he was actually booked in the 77th minute for a persistent foul on. Yeah. But by that point, I'd kind of lost the ball to live. I wasn't really paying any attention. <laughs> um, because do, do you know what makes this defeat even worse? The Toronto media is just going to go to town and they're just going to think that, oh, this is the... They're just going to have a field day. And you're going to have people like the Thrush that is just going to be unbearable. Okay. Um, so- <laughs> but, but they are going to be unbearable by that. So they needed taking down a peg or two. It hasn't happened. Well, I think like, we talked about... We're going to hear from them later. They're going to have seven games on the road. So you can't expect them to win all of those. So they're... they're if, if Hope you- not. Yeah, you you hear you'll hear from them later, but they were very like muted. They weren't overly excited about the win and everything like that. They were very like um, they were very caution cautious when it came to the win. So I, I think that I think they'll, they'll be. I think it's a different TFC team compared to the one that beat Seattle last year in the opener. Then the, then they got the third goal, killed it off. We won't talk much about it. Was, was it, that, was the, that a was penalty a for you? Yeah. I I at first I was like nah, and then I saw the replay in it. 
Yeah, it's going to get he, given he nine times out of ten, if not more. Also, when you stick a leg out in the yeah. box and bring the guy down, the Altador again used to veteran presence. He was appealing to the ref right away, Not and I tell you, some refs would have sent Cal off for that. Yeah. That was the last man Altador was through in goal. He may have dodged a bullet. Well, Lava was close by, so you can't really say he was the completed yeah. last man. And I, also, uh, I, I don't think it would have mattered. I don't think the white caps would have made it too well. Anyway. Yeah, I think Altador did a, a great job in shielding the ball. From Ka, and then Ka had really nothing to, left to do but to swing his leg and try to get around him. But I don't know what kind, unless he's, you know, the Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four, he wasn't going <laughs> to get his leg around there. Uh, so I think uh, it was, a, I think it was a legitimate penalty. And yeah. I, I don't, I didn't see, even if they hadn't scored or hadn't got the penalty, I don't see Vancouver coming back from that. They were, like you said, void of ideas in the last little bit. And then Outdoor celebrates in front of the Southsiders, bottles and cans, cans come raining down, down on them. Yeah. Some ah, guys are was like, suspended. I was going to say it was like being back in Scotland, but in Scotland we don't throw anything away, so it's uh, like, okay. yeah. So we'll talk a little bit more about some aspects of the Whitecats' performance and Toronto's performance in a little bit, but for now... Let's hear some audio from both coaches. We'll start off with Whitecaps coach Carl Robinson. And then, Steve, you went to the Toronto locker room and got some audio from Greg Vanny. First half, I think there was really only one team in it. Um, could have scored a couple of goals. Didn't. Scored one goal. Second half, you know, I think they used their experience to keep the ball. They got good players. Um, and we just didn't react right in the second half. So, um, got to take it on the chin. I think if you look at the number of chances, I think we actually uh, had more chances than them. They take the chances, we don't take our chances, and that's what the game is about. The game's not about what you do in the middle thirds, it's about what you do in the boxes, as I said to you yesterday. And um, The good thing is, you get to go back to work on Monday and we go again next week. What gives you more cause for concern? The failure to take those chances and kill it off in the first half, or the flat way you came out in the second half? Do you know what? Nothing gives me cause for concern at the moment. You know, we've lost the first game of the season. Uh, we were outstanding in the first half, and I think we were uh, okay in the second half. Probably the, the way we come out in the second half, if anything, you know, because I didn't think we passed the ball well enough. Not like we're used to passing the ball. Uh, I think we try, players were trying things too hard. Maybe we were trying to hit that killer ball, and we didn't need to do that. Uh, it got through them in the first half, but in the second half, they. You know, they, they sat with two banks of four and they've done very well, defended very well. So uh, maybe the second half coming out with no spring in our step. Some of the play in the first half was quite electrifying going forward. Is that a good indication as to once this team clicks exactly what you can do in this league? I think so. Uh, if I sat here and say that, said to you that I'm going to win every single game this year, you'd look at me funny because uh, we're not going to win every game. But we'll try and play the right way. And in the first half, we played the, the right way. We played the way I want to play with an attacking brand of soccer. Second half we didn't, it was like we were we were void of ideas in certain areas um, and we were one-paced. Um, probably going back to your concern, what was my concern, we were a little bit one-paced in the second half. So, you know, we've, we've got to get used to that because teams won't come and let you play as Toronto should in the second half. Um, but we'll get back to work. How do you feel about Octavio Rivera's first goal getting on the score sheet? It's important for any forward to get on the, on the score sheet early and you know, he missed a, a chance, incredible chance. Um, I think he thought he was offside, but from that moment, then he went through, you know, with a great touch, and he went through on his weaker foot and didn't try and put on a stronger foot. He, you know, he finished it, so he got his goal. As well as Toronto played in the second half and shut you down, it also sounded like you just didn't come up with the same kind of energy too in the, in the yeah. second half. There just wasn't 
yep. any real life there? Would that surprise you a little no, bit? I think it's a fair assessment. I think, it, you know, I want my team to play like we did in the first 45 minutes for 90 minutes, but it's, it's probably not possible. You look at games all over the world and, you know, they, they go through phases and each team has their possession stage and has their on top stage. And I think we had our on top stage for 45 minutes, scored, you know, and went in at 1 1. And I think then Toronto, with their experienced players, they got managed the game. And when they went 2 1 up, then we were chasing a little bit and vulnerable to the counters and then got caught with a third. So it was disappointing, but, you know, some things in life are disappointing, Gary. Yeah, it was, uh, in the end, very nice. Uh, I thought in the second half we definitely pulled it together a little bit. The first half was a slow start, and uh, uh, we were fortunate. I think they took, didn't take some chances, but we definitely um, organized some things a little better in the second half, and uh, I thought we very much deserved it in the second half. So, What were the adjustments you made? Because, I mean, the first half seemed pretty much they were really killing you with their, their speed. So what the second half, obviously, I thought... Like far more composed. What, what yeah. Changes yeah. I mean, first and foremost, we just—I thought we were very reactive. We just weren't recognizing that what they were doing, which is receive the ball, turn, and put the ball behind you, especially over towards Mane. And uh, uh, we were very slow to to re or, uh, respond or anticipate that that was the ball. Uh, second half, we we did a better job of organizing that and recognizing taking away the space behind us. Then they had to play in front of us a little bit, and that allowed us time to get our midfield into the defending effort a little bit more. And uh, they became a lot more predictable for us. And that was uh, once you solidify things defensively, then then we had to just adjust a couple of things on the attacking side to be a little bit better and cleaner in possession. And, and opportunities were going to come off of that. And I thought we uh, we handled the the uh, adjustments well, and guys made good decisions. We got ourselves a lot more organized, and as a result, I thought we really took control of the game. What were your thoughts on Sebastian and Josie? Um, I thought Sebastian was uh, was good, especially getting into the second half. I think in the first half, as a lot of players that are coming here, they have to adapt a little bit to the league. It's different. Uh, obviously, the defenders were a lot more physical. They, they were closing um, pretty quickly. And so for him, it was just getting a feel for it. Also, the turf is a little different. So uh, I think he was getting a feel for it, and, and he really found the game, I thought, in the second half and, and had a much greater impact. I thought Josie played like a monster. Uh, he, he showed you what he can do. For anyone who questioned whether he could score goals, I think he proved something today that uh, he's going to be a handful. And uh, the uh, the ball he took down for the PK was was ridiculous. And being able to protect the ball like that and keep the defender away from it, that was just a world-class play, really. So I thought he was outstanding. Starting the season seven games on the road, how important is it to get that first win under your I think it's it's huge. I mean, it's uh, for us, it's... You know, it took us a little time to get settled into the game, but I think in this game, we once we got settled in, we know where we're headed and what we're doing. And uh, pick up three points in the start of this is just is building confidence as we as we move into the next six. But we're we're really looking this at one game at a time and uh, approaching each game as its own entity and how we're gonna how we're gonna find points uh, in each one of these games. And so uh, after we enjoy this one for a little while, we'll start preparing for the next one. We're not even talking about the third or the fourth one to come, which is one at a time. Are you surprised at all at how much you guys dominated the second half? It seemed like. You know, it, it was a tale of two different halves, if you would. Uh, no, not really. And part of that is just because I felt like at, in the first half, we gave away balls we didn't need to. We weren't getting good spots for each other. And, and the passes were there and the pockets were there to play in. We just weren't getting into them fast enough to help each other and support. So I, I thought if we could get ourselves in better positions, be just a little bit tidier with the ball, but give each other better supporting angles that we could find a grasp on the game. Uh, and, and we did. And the other thing was just to not give them such easy chances in behind us. And, and when you do that, then right, they have to come up with ideas. You win balls in better places. You start tacks from better places. And we were able to get control of it. So not totally surprised, um, but pleased for sure. Last year, TFC didn't get a lot of bounces. 
Uh, how big was Rivero's miss in the first uh, eight minutes? Yeah, I'm huge. It wasn't just his miss. There was a few other good chances that they had. We definitely were leaking too many opportunities in the first half, but uh, I'm not still not sure how we missed it, uh, but I'll take it uh, because it kept us it kept us alive and kept us sort of um, in the game, if you will, for for uh, for a while while we kind of got our feet under us and, and got ourselves a little bit situated there. So that was Greg Vanny, um, and as you can hear during the interview, he was – uh, somewhat relieved, especially after the eighth minute. Uh, when we talk about the eighth minute missed by Rivero, it was like a, just a, a sigh of relief, essentially. And and but he was overall happy with the team and and happy with the second half adjustments. And he, he felt he was the team was deserved to win. I, it would have been interesting to see how the game had played out if Rivero had finished that in the eighth minute, because just the White Caps were just on fire at that point. But then again, if the Queen had balls, she'd be the king. So you, you really can't look at football that way. Well, there's no way to know if the Queen doesn't have balls. No, true. I mean, that's lots, lots of inbreeding in the royal family. So there who knows go. what happens there? But Carl Robinson was also fairly upbeat. I mean, I, I asked him, as you heard there, what, what was his biggest disappointment? Was it the inability to take those chances in the first half? Or was it the way that they came out flat in the second? And he said, you know what? I've, I've got no real concerns. But then went on and addressed all the concerns he had later on. So I mean, that, he does have concerns. I think I personally, what, what do you think? I, th- I think it was the second half coming off flat. I don't I, have a problem. I do as well. Missed chances are missed chances. Yeah. You can always get more down the you, road. You keep that going. Although, I, as we just heard him saying, it's like he'd love his team to play like the first 45 for a full 90 minutes. But he just knows that isn't feasible really in, in but it was football. But it was such a massive drop yeah, off. It wasn't even like a, a small like little blip or whatever. That is the big, big concern for me personally. That, that, that's what I take from this game. That, there's another aspect from TFC's play that I'll, I'll come back to. And I haven't played that part of Carol yet. So we'll, we'll play that in a sec. But flat wise, the Whitecaps were a different team in the second half. And you kind of have to ask yourself, why? Was it that they went in a little bit disappointed? Or should we give some credit to TFC? Because TFC completely reorganised and they looked a different team as well in the second half. They were tighter. They weren't giving us much space to Manny. Were the Whitecaps not getting the ball to Manny? I, I actually think a lot of how the Whitecaps played was dictated by the way that Toronto actually stepped up. Because... I think Vanny gave them a bollocking at halftime and they completely regrouped. But uh, to me, the, Vanny doesn't seem like a guy that would do something like that, like throw the toaster in the oven or whatever the hell the term is. Well, this way... Or turn on the hairdryer, that's it. Turn yeah. on the hairdryer. <laughs> yeah, the don't, don't throw a toast in the bath anyway, because <laughs> it's like, that. that's definitely not fun. No. You will be toast. But I think Vanny, and all managers can do it to a certain degree and it has yeah. to get done, otherwise they shouldn't be managers. It's true. But Toronto did well... And what I, what I really liked about Toronto, and again, giving them praise here, they, the way that they played that second half, the way that they controlled the game and the way that they killed the game off after they were 2-1 up, is it was perfection. Yeah. And that is how the Whitecaps have to do it when they get a lead. And I asked Carl what his thoughts on that were. So let's, let's just play what, what Carl said about that just now. Toronto kind of killed the game off to perfection in the end. Is that a performance you can use to show your players that's what you're expecting when they've got the lead? I think so. I think you, you always got to learn in every game when you not just when you win but when you lose. And you know, I, I learn more from when we lose than when we win because sometimes you get you know caught up in the emotions and you get caught up in how well you did when you win a game of football. And you know, when you lose, you analyse a little bit more. And 
you should always analyse, you know, whether you win or lose. And they're experienced players; they know how to slow the game down. And you know, I think every player probably went down at a certain stage to, you know, waste a little bit of time. But it's part of the game. We've got to learn from that. We will learn from that. So I mean, Carol readily admits that that is that the White Caps do need to 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 kill games off like that, and he'll use it as a learning experience. And hopefully we'll see in the next couple of weeks, especially next week against Chicago. I mean, you have to have to think they're going to take something from that yeah. and then maybe use what Toronto did today and do the same thing in Chicago. The worrying concern is the, their last two games, um, well, kind of the last three games, but the, th- the, 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 the game against Staubach was the second reserve team. Yeah. Um, the Chicago and this game, they had the lead and basically... Obviously, this one they gave up and, and lost the game. The other one they gave up and just threw. Chicago was tired legs. Yeah. And I mean, that, that makes sense. This wasn't tired legs. This was just they had lacked any creativity. One thing I was surprised about was Nicholas Mosquito against Starbuck and against Chicago was fantastic. And we kind of knew that Manny was going to beat him out. But to not even get on, yeah, that, that must me. that must depress the because, guy. Because the the when Maddox came on for Rosales, I was like, yeah, they have plenty of speed down the wings now, but who's going to provide the service inside yeah. the box? And at that time, Betashore kind of came up the field a little bit, but Harvey showed nothing coming up. He really didn't join into the attack. I mean, I I, I called. I, I said Maddox will come on for Rosales, and then Manny yeah. will switch wings. And I, I mean that that was always yeah going to happen. The Hurtado. Although he provided a really nice corner, I was I was yeah. kind of bl- blagging him a little bit when he was about to step up to take that corner and he delivered a nice corner. But uh, Hurtado, the, I would have put Mosquito on for Hurtado. I didn't see a reason to have Hurtado in there, but I guess Robbo has his reasons why. I hadn't even noticed me that Hurtado had come on. So yeah. again, that uh, was just so busy writing my post game piece early. Um, but before we finish talking about the White Caps, any other? High points or low points player-wise from the Whitecaps? I mean, who do you think, Sean, that we haven't talked about, or who was poor? Any, anybody who showed... Okay, well, anybody who impressed is going to be the first half, essentially. Yeah. So guys that impressed in the first half, obviously Manny, we talked about him. I thought even though he missed, Rivera was really solid and, and, and showed that what he I, could I liked his top. work out wide, yeah. and he comes away from the middle a lot. The problem is, though, that when you he does that, the there's no one else in the middle. I thought, uh, I know you might have disagreement, but I thought Tybert was really on the ball. He was harassing people left, right, no, and No, I'll give you that. I thought he did well, and it, it was a, a, a good performance, put himself about a bit. So th- those would be my three guys that I think really played well. Poorly, um, I know he. it's two goals, uh, and there weren't very really other opportunities, but I thought, oh, three goals, sorry, the, the penalty as well. But I thought Alstead could have done a little bit better, especially on the... Especially on the first Altador goal, I know he, he he expected the shot to come very right, you know, first touch, but I thought he could have stayed on his feet a little bit more. Um, a couple of other guys, I thought you, I think you're right. I think Betashore had a horrible second half, and, and I, I wasn't impressed by Laba in that second half. Yeah, I, I think that's I where thought he, was he ran up, he ran about a bit like a headless chicken at times. He was doing that a little bit in the first half, but missing it, tackles yeah. and there's he, a couple of tackles he missed that could really really, really have, have proved costly. Well, he was the cause of the, uh, the Giovinco, uh, Altidore first goal because he, he let Giovinco get away from yeah. him. He, was, he, he seems to get overly aggressive sometimes instead of keeping the player in front of him. And he seems to go to the wrong side and the, 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 whoever has the ball seems to know that move and then goes around the other way. And he well, seems I mean, to escape from him too As much. we heard from Robbo there, I mean, Robbo said after the game that 
that he felt that the players were trying too hard yeah. in terms of trying to get the killer ball. But I think they were also trying too hard to close the guys down and they were jumping in. And then Toronto just did little flicks away or turns and yeah. then got past the guys. So they really have to work on that. It's the first game of the season. It's, it's, a, it's long a long season way. ahead. I tweeted, it's just disappointing to yeah. lose at home. I tweeted out, you know, TFC beat Seattle last year on the, uh, you know, in, yeah. in, in CenturyLink Field. And Seattle went on to win the Supporter Shield, and TFC went on to miss the playoffs again. So, so you're, early. you're calling it now, Vancouver Whitecaps Supporter <laughs> no. Shield winners. Well, anybody you heard it here first, folks. Predictions of uh, finish fourth, but I, I have no problem with it. I expected them to, you know, they can't be winning every home opener. Um, I thought it would be a draw, but I guess a win, uh, a loss yeah. is a loss. Well, let's not talk anymore about the Whitecaps today. Um, we're not going to play any Whitecaps audio because you can, you can get all the interviews up on, on the Whitecaps website. So Steve went to the Toronto locker room and grabbed some audio from there. So let's hear a little bit now from two-goal goal-scoring hero, Josie Altidore. More league goals he scored in one game today in MLS than all the league goals he scored for Sunderland, although he did get two there because he got a League Cup goal yeah. as well. And we'll also hear from their captain, Michael Bradley, who I actually thought was a, a player today that... It was really calm. Yeah. He, he actually impressed me a lot today, Michael Bradley. But let's hear from those two guys just now. But I thought we, we battled well. We came back. We showed a lot of character. And we started the season off the way we wanted to, three points. Did you envision a better debut for yourself? Oh, it was good. I thought it's, it's a new formation. It's a, it's a new, new teammates for all of us. So I think the transition will be difficult for everybody. But I thought today we showed, especially in the second half, that we have the quality when we set things settle down to to unlock the game, so it's, it's good to get the three points. That was a very cheeky penalty. Uh, have you ever taken a, a Panenka like that before? No, it was my first one, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit easier to take them when you're up 2-1, obviously, <laughs> and there's a, lot, a, lot, a little bit less risk, risk, but it's good to get the win, like I said, to, to start the season off on the right foot. What made you take the penalty that way if you've never done one before? Well, he went to my side, so I figured if, this is, if there's ever a time, this was the time. <laughs> For a second, is going to come back off the crossbar? Nah. Yes? <laughs> nah. <laughs> come on, man. Nah. I wasn't worried about it. Nah. You're, uh, Kevin Tribute, your vehicle, was that the, what you were looking for today in the game? It's easy to play with good players, man. He's a, he's a top player, and he came along strong in the game, as you saw, and he's only going to get better. And when he's gonna when he plays at his highest level, the team will, will be even better. Atmosphere here was, was great, um, obviously. Playing, uh, playing in Vancouver is always special for us, and so uh, I, I think in the end to come away with uh, with three points like we did, um, it, it's a, a great way to start. You know, there was a, a period there in the first half where we were you know, suffering a little bit too much, and, and they were uh, causing us trouble. And he came came up with a, a big play, a big save or two, and uh, you know, it, it again makes a world of difference. You, got, you have seven games going on the road. You got the result today. How important is it to get guys like Sebastian and Joe, who are used to playing in Europe, you know, accumulated to the travel here in this first seven games? Um, it's one game at a time. <laughs> it, 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 you guys won't like when I say it like that, but really that's the way, uh, that's the way we're looking at it. Um, you know, it, it's funny. Three days ago, we weren't even sure we were going to be playing today. And so life has always, uh, you know, different ways of, of making sure that you uh, you enjoy things and so for us you know there was certainly uh, excitement coming into today um, and, and now we'll just 
get ourselves back to Toronto. Um, assuming Monday will be an off day. Everybody will get a good day with their families, and then we'll, we'll be back in on Tuesday ready to, to keep working and, and making sure that, um, again, we, we continue to improve, we continue to push on. Um, there's not going to be any... Uh, Nobody thinks we've done anything after one game. It's, it's exactly that one game. And so uh, 30, 33 more, and then we've got uh, a lot of improvement to do. Do you know after last, after last year's win in Seattle that things were going to be more difficult than, than most, most people would have thought they would have been? I mean, did you know that, as you always say, the team might have been a house of cards at that stage and that the, the, the win might have masked what the team really was back then? The, the margin between winning and losing in this league is so small. And anybody who doesn't know that, you figure it out real quickly. And so there may have been people on the outside who thought after after one game that, that things were going to be a little easier than than they turned out to be, but not. It wasn't the, it wasn't the way we were looking at it on the inside. And, and I think, you know, for the guys who were here last year, it, it just, you know, again, it, it serves as, as motivation and it serves as, as just a reminder that, listen, it's a great way to start. Um, you know, but it's, it's now, it, this has got to be just a starting point and we've got to continue to work. We have to work with, with humility, with, with, a, with mentality, with commitment that now we're going to keep improving as the year goes on. Um, I've said it a lot of times. They don't pass out any trophies in uh, in February and March, and so we've got to to make sure that we uh, continue to improve, so that when they do hand out the trophy, that we're uh, we're in the mix. So that was uh, Mike uh, Josie Altador and Michael Bradley uh, talking about the win, and it seemed like like obviously I wasn't there in Seattle, but it seemed like that they were more measured this year um, when it came to talking about the win. They were. They understood that you know they have a tough road ahead. The seven games, um, straight games on the road, due to the renovations at BMO Field, they they got seven games on the road, and it'll be interesting to see how they perform. They got they're, they're almost going from playing one derby to another one. Although I don't know how much you consider Columbus yeah. a derby, but Trillium Cup. Trillium Cup. But they but it's a very good team too in, in Columbus. They're on paper before the you know preseason and everything. So it'll well, be I mean, interesting I, to see how they go, perform against them and, and get a a second uh, look at them. How you know how they are? I mean, a lot of folk have tipped Columbus to to possibly win the East. So I mean, it, that that should be a really good game. I I I think with TFC, they've got stability in that they've got the same manager and Vanny that that they finished the season with. So th- there's some rarity for once. But like. Plus, plus their DPs were in all at once. Well, at I think the, the guys the they've brought in. I mean, Kyle Robinson's made a big thing about he doesn't just look for their skill; he looks yeah. for their their qualities off the pitch and in the locker room. And they've done well with who they've brought in. I think is going to to have that. Defoe, talented goal scorer. I like like him from that aspect. I could see him being a guy that maybe rubbed people the wrong way. Yeah, um, and a, a bit of a prima donna because he's played in the Premiership and just. Billy Big Boots kind of attitude. Yeah. No one's ever said that. It's just how he's maybe come across to me at times. And I think Toronto's put together... The fact that they were a little bit subdued there, it, it's good from a Toronto perspective. Yeah, a guy like Altador, he's got something to prove co- considering the season he had last year. He wants to, you know, stay in the, you know... He, I'm sure he's still in there, but he wants to stay in the U.S. national team picture. And the only question mark you have is about Giovinco because he's, this is going to be a culture shock to him. Like, 
he was uh, very shocked about, and you could kind of see it on his face too. He was very shocked about how how in the dressing room it was the first game, obviously. How everybody just piled into the dressing room and started doing interviews, and that's usually the case with most European players. When yeah, they first over. I, it's like I, I I spoke to to Sean Maloney last week down in Portland, um, and we're going to come to that in a bit, but we were like off the record we were chatting about that and he's like oh, it's weird and just all this other stuff but yeah um, so Toronto looking in good shape Whitecaps now move on to play Chicago and it's a must win game it's a must win game the season's on the line yeah well it's going to be tough because they got, they got to play Chicago on the road then they play Orlando on the road you don't and like maybe obviously it's not must win uh, for them um, all these games but you got to show something because you're going to be coming home we come home to play Portland at okay. the end of the month. We're coming home to play Portland, and obviously that's going to be a big game because it is a derby game. There's, it's going to be a sellout, but you're going to have people still concerned about you know coming home and playing your one of your arch rivals, and, and you're down 0-3 or, or minimum points, maybe a, only one draw. So they got out of the two games, they got to pick up at least one win out of those two. Oh, totally, and it is going to be hard in Orlando I mean, we won't talk too much about Chicago just now because we're going to do a, a special pre-game show next week in the build up to that but you do want them to at least come away from that two game road trip with at least a point hopefully more ideally six but I tell you if the Whitecast get off to a bad start this will be the first time really that Kyle Robinson has been tested but at least he does have the ability and he has some cap room to make some additions before the 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 transfer window really closes at, yeah. at, at this time. But, as we say, we'll talk about Chicago during the week. We're going to do a special preview show for the Chicago game, maybe Wednesday or Thursday. Got some fantastic audio for that. Got a 10 or 12 minute chat that I did with Sean Maloney. Spoke to ex-White I'm sure Cat. everybody will understand that one. Yeah, I, I might put up a, a translated version online if, if folk can't understand that. I did get a bit more broad Scottish as I spoke to him, but Sean is quite mild. He's from Aberdeen, okay. so it, he, he's not like a broad Glaswegian or, or Pfeiffer Scottish. I'll, we'll also hear from Matt Watson, who ex-White Cap with Chicago now, and I spoke to, to Frank Yallop in a one-on-one as well. So that's all coming up. Nothing more from me really today, Steve. Anything else you want to add? No, I think that's about it. It was, you know, a disappointing loss, but like I said, you can't always win every game, every home opener. Well, you should. Well, I guess so. So, Steve, Lynn, before we wrap up, just let everyone know where they can find you online. Um, you can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat and writing for AFTN.ca. And I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff on Away From The Numbers, AFTN.ca. You can also still read that AFTN on Canadian Soccer News, canadiansoccernews.com. But check out our new AFTN.ca site. Going to have a lot more features added. We're hopefully going to have a better way of putting up our photographer residual images photographs. We're going to trial that with his photos that he got this weekend. Um, got some fun features. We've got some prediction articles coming up. I'm also the Whitecats beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com, so check all my stuff out on that. So until next time, from a very doer and down AFTN podcast, thanks for listening, take care, and mon the caps.